Rules or wisdom? How do we see scripture? A number of times on the on the podcast, we've talked about the problem of moralism and particularly around issues like sin and righteousness when it simply becomes good versus bad, uh, clean versus unclean, etc. We can actually be missing a really big understanding of what scripture can do in our life and really who God is in our world. And, uh, and we want to bring it back to wisdom today and talk about that because we don't want to isolate the very people that wisdom can help. That's right. We're going to get wise today. So, <laughs> And also, thanks for joining in. Welcome to Dig a Little Deeper. And a shout out to our northern friends, Enoch and Summer, joining in from the great Northland of North Queensland. <laughs> the great Northland. <laughs> great the, to have you guys with us. The great Northland of the North. Also, big shout out to everyone who's been sharing the podcast, whether that be on social media or by word of mouth. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so let us know and send us in again, as always, questions, thoughts. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep the conversation going. But for now, a conversation about wisdom. Some thoughts on your best friend. That's what we want to talk about. Your best friend, wisdom. My best friend, wisdom. Uh, I just wish I listened to him more often. (laughs) Uh, Psalm 136 verse 5 says to him, talking about God, of course, who by wisdom made the heavens. Big statement, eh? For his mercy endures forever. So it's, you know, this is an acclamation of praise and it's positioning God or, or, or placing God in this place of having created all things through wisdom. Mm. So really, if you look at that concept, it, it means that everything that we sort of know, understand, experience uh, in our world and, you know, the world's beyond, the megaverse, like everything has been created in the context of wisdom, which means that that's how this world is designed to work. Life goes far better for you when you exercise wisdom because it's an ingrained principle within creation itself. You know, I think this is why uh, even naturalists like Richard Attenborough, who who would even deny the very existence of creator, ooh and ah when they look at creation because there is just this incredible sense of wisdom holding the whole thing together. It's absolutely marvellous to behold uh, creation. And uh, whether you recognise the creator or not, no one can deny creation is amazing. Do you mean David Attenborough? Is it David? It's David. (laughs) I think I'm thinking of a... Anyway, I think we got the point. (laughs) 1960s 1960s, uh, actor versus the naturalist. (laughs) naturalist. And uh, thanks, Levi, for fact-checking on the run. I was just fact-checking that. I I, I can't remember hearing of Richard. There you go. Uh, But back to wisdom. Um, You're right. And I suppose, like, the, the Bible is full of, I mean, there's a whole section of the Bible um, yeah. about wisdom, which is often just, I guess, considered to be Proverbs, but it's greater than that. Oh, the yeah, wisdom yeah. Literature Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, and, you know, a number of books. So uh, wisdom is a much broader thing. Of course, 
Uh, Proverbs says, through wisdom, the house is built or a house is built. Mm. And by understanding, it's established. And it's interesting. Jesus, you know, likens our lives to houses. He says, he who who hears my words and does them is like a man who builds his house on the rock. And uh, as opposed to a man who doesn't listen, builds their house on the sand. And when the storm comes, you know, it's pretty predictable what happens next. One falls and one stays the test of time. And um, and so Jesus likens our lives to wisdom. You know, uh, Proverbs tells us that the house is built by wisdom, so we could actually apply it to being our lives can be built with wisdom. Um, and we've probably all seen what that looks like, or maybe maybe we've seen what it doesn't look like sometimes when people don't particularly uh, live well, or we ourselves, let's not exclude ourselves from the picture, we ourselves have not made the best of decisions and we all know what that can look like. Yeah. I guess we've all had, an, we've all seen the, the, you know, the fail army videos or the coop <laughs> yeah, slams yeah, yeah. or whatever it may be. But if we're honest, there's times we've had that same experience and we've thought, gee, yeah. I'm glad there was no camera <laughs> filming me as I did that. Yeah. Well, the fail army thing, it's like, it's, it's predictable. I think that's, you see something happening yeah. often and you think, oh, I just I know, know <laughs> this is going to end badly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so we got to be careful of that. I guess a big question around wisdom is then where do I find it? Because the world definitely makes it look like it's a difficult thing. Mm. Wisdom's only achieved on some hike and sitting in silence with monks for months or, you know, whatever, some martial arts kind of journey yeah, is yeah. where wisdom is found. Yeah. Is it more accessible than that? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, wisdom's not hard. Scripture would even say it follows us around. It cries aloud in the streets, which we'll have a look at. So I, I think, you know, wisdom is there for the taking. Often people confuse wisdom with cleverness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people would say, oh, but... How can I have wisdom? I'm not really naturally smart. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed kind of thing. Um, but you don't actually necessarily have to have smarts to gain wisdom. Mm. This is the funny thing. It's not an intellectual exercise um, so much. So, you know, we've all probably seen people who are sharp by this world's standards do really yeah. crazy things. Where people it seems to be very clever in business or something, but then struggle to find the balance between work and home life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so build a great business but destroy their marriage yeah, or, or yeah. something like that, which is really, really sad. Um, but the funny thing is even a simple man can appear clever through wisdom. Um, uh, you know, a lot of stuff like military training is – is muscle memory. It's it's actually drill, 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 so that when you're under pressure, you make the right decisions. Right, without having and, to think about yeah, it. Yeah, and soldiers' memoirs just ring of this stuff where it's like, I just went into like auto mode. I just dropped straight into my drills. Were you scared in the battle? Not necessarily. I was too busy doing my job and working the drills, you know, and doing the stuff that needs to be done. And so, you know, soldiers in that sense, they might not even be an, you know, a, a A-grade student, but to the enemy appear very, very sharp and very, very clever because it's the training. Mm. It's, it's drummed in and drilled in. 
And and those drills are built around what has been proven to work best in those situations. Yeah. In other words, sort of, you know, sans battlecraft wisdom. And so anyone can learn wisdom. Anyone can learn to do it better. So if it's so important and so crucial, why doesn't everyone make wisdom their goal? Well, you know, I, I think while it's not – wisdom's not complicated, but it often – um, it, it involves sacrifice. It involves self-denial. Yeah. So wisdom is often not the easy route. It's generally the high road, as opposed to the the narrow the, the the low road, or it's the it's the narrow path as opposed to the broad path that's so easy to take. Um, I guess it's that thing, and we would have all had that experience where it's like you just know that's the right thing to do, but you really don't want to. Don't want to. You like yeah, upset, yeah. like oh no, I know that that's the right thing to do. I wish, yep. I wish it wasn't. And, and we probably all have that, um, have had the experience of that nagging sense of. Like, I'm going to make this decision, but deep down I know it's going to probably hurt me. Mm. But I'm going to do it anyway because right now it feels good or it seems to be, you know, it's going to offer instant reward. Yeah. And so wisdom tends to be the, you know, pay now, play later kind of option right. rather than – and we often just want to play now and, and then we later. then we don't, you know, then all of a sudden we realise now we've got to pay. And – um and so we see that. We see that in our society with stuff like debt, you know, personal debt. People are just getting getting overwhelmed, getting in too deep. You know, they do the 24 months interest-free thing and they don't get it paid off right. in the 24 months and all of a sudden they've got a massive interest payment to make yeah. on stuff. So Because um, that stuff seems like a good deal while, like, if you can pay it off in the time frame. But there's obviously a lot – There's a, yeah. there's a the fact that they offer that would tell me that there's a lot of people that don't make that. Look, you know, the fact is I, I love 24 months interest-free, not that I've used it for many years, but when we were a young married couple and small children, you know, if the fridge went or something, I'm not, we put a couch, we put a fridge, I can almost name the things that we put on it, but we never put two things on it at once and we always paid it off in the interest-free period. Yeah. So for us, you know, the AGC card or whatever it was, it worked brilliantly for us as a cash flow relief, um, but we never paid interest on any one of those purchases. Mm. They were all paid off within the time frame and we never put more than one – that was the rule. Mm. Sue and I had a rule. The rule is we put one thing on the card at a time and, and think, then we pay it off before we do another one. And I think what I like about what you're saying there is we're kind of seeing a, a bit of the rule versus wisdom because for a long time I think in Christian circles it's been like don't touch any sort of debt, it's from the mm. devil or whatever. Mm. Mm. But it's like, well, actually in some ways you can exercise wisdom – like you, you guys did mm. putting. Okay, we only use it in an emergency. Mm. We use it for this. So wisdom again, not just being this clear cut. Oh yeah. Yes, no, in, out kind of thing. Well, it's it's like a lot of things in life. It's like about just about everything in life. It everything, almost everything in life can be a great servant, mm. and almost everything in life that's a great servant can be a terrible master. Right. So if if debt serves you. If you can use wisdom so debt serves you and you leverage it, then it can be a wonderful servant. If it becomes your master, 
it's an absolute tyrant. Right. And you'll regret the day you ever made that decision. Mm. So, yeah, wisdom. And, and let's come to wisdom. Proverbs 8, um, when we talk about, you know, how how where how do we find wisdom? Is it easy? Uh, why don't we go after it? Let's just have a look at wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8, 11 verses. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes a stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entrance of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men, O you simple ones. Understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and acknowledge rather than and and knowledge sorry rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. Mm. So, you know, that's that's Proverbs trumpeting wisdom. Uh, you'll notice there it's for the foolish as well. So, again, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be sharp. This is not about intellectual capacity. This is about the ability to listen to a different way of doing things. Yeah. And then, you know, it says here of wisdom, you know, there's basically nothing bad about wisdom. There's nothing ugly about wisdom. Wisdom is always going to take you to a good place. Yeah. And so I guess what we see here as well is is probably, I guess, using the, um, you say metaphor or I guess Proverbs calling wisdom in that feminine sense, she takes her stand. Mm-hmm. So we see quite a few, I guess, locations that you can find yeah, yeah. find her within this, this passage. So let's talk about that. So where do you find wisdom? Yeah, and look, I'm going to get a little bit metaphoric here and, you know, use a, uh, a you know, my interpretation of this is going to be, um, you know, a little bit abstract in a sense. Um but I look at it and it's it's like she takes a stand on the top of the high hill. Toowoomba. There's the high hill. No. <laughs> That's it. Well, I mean, if you look at Scripture, what does a, what are high places speak of? They always spoke of meeting God, even even when they were inappropriate high places, places of, with pagan altars. It was like ancient people had this sense of getting to a high place to meet with their gods and you see it in scripture you see it with the patriarchs like abraham and mount moriah you see it with david on aruna's threshing floor which later became the temple mount where the where the temple was built you know that those were places of worship they were places where where god spoke to people they were places of surrender and sacrifice Mm -hmm. so you know she takes a stand on the top of the high hill to me that's that's speaking of the presence of God. 
you'll find wisdom in his presence. You'll find wisdom as you worship, as you listen to his voice, as you read scripture, as you, you know, you surrender and you make decisions that are God honoring in your life. You find wisdom in that place where his presence rests on your life. I think that's great. And I think that thought of surrender is really important. Mm. um, Because that, I think, surrender requires humility. Mm -hmm. And to be able to even just lay down the way that I want to do it, um, the way that I think's best, and even just to say, maybe this, like, God, would you, what would you say? Like, rather than just, this is, this is how I want to do it. God, if this is not the right way, would you, would you help me? Where sometimes I know for me, my prayers have reflected, God, would you affirm my way? That's it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But yeah. it actually takes a lot of humility to say, okay, God, I want it, I want your wisdom on this. This is what I'm thinking, but change my mind if I'm wrong. Yeah, and, and, and that openness means you can receive. Yeah. If God has something different, if God wants to direct you, lead you, it's possible. But when we're just, and, and I think if we're all honest, that's us a lot of the time. Yeah is, Lord, get on board with what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, bless what I want to do rather than, Lord, what are you doing? And I'll get on board with that. Yeah. And um, uh, so, yeah, you're right. That humility, I mean, Scripture says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mm. So humility is a big part of it, a big part of entering the presence of God, a big part of being able to, to receive wisdom. Yeah, so, I guess it's humility is the, is the it's just the first step of wisdom. If you're proud, you're probably never going to stumble across Exactly right. Wisdom. Probably not. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the proud go on to their own destruction, you know, full of their own ways. So, yeah, in the presence of God, you'll find wisdom. Um, and then it goes on to say, beside the way where the paths meet, um, which... To me, is so it's like a T junction, and it's like you could say at at points of decision, wisdom is crying out. When you come to a point of decision, honestly, wisdom is your best friend. And Proverbs would say, wisdom is crying out. You know, at the end of the day, God loves us. God doesn't want us to make decisions that mess up our lives, and so He's crying out at the point of decision. Wisdom's there. If you need it, standing on the showroom floor in front of something you can't afford, wisdom is crying out. Probably, you know, wanting to connect with a particular person in a relationship when either all your friends or even your own heart has got some red lights on the dash, you know. Um, Wisdom's crying out to you right there, you know, and so... Uh, it's at the point of decision. It's at the T-junctions of life. Yeah, I like that T-junction thought. And I, I remember it being something helpful. You taught me in, I guess, to use in a discipleship context, a leadership context, um, speaking to people, I suppose, about wisdom in that, you know, you're headed towards this T-junction. And, you know, for in our context, in the context, in a life group or something like that, it's mm. like the group is heading this way. We've got our right indicator on mm-hmm. and helping people understand that maybe they've got their left indicator yeah. on. And um, so rather than saying you can't be a part of this anymore, it's just like, look, your own decisions are kind of leading you away from yep. maybe where you want to be going. Um, and I think it's so true in, in life even. It's like it's so important to have people around us that will – maybe help us see um, 
what indicator we have on. It's yep, almost that's... like sometimes we've got external indicators that we can't see. It's yep. like I'm going left, but actually the bridge is out that way. I, I think that's, you know, that's a lot of decision-making in life, particularly when emotions are involved. People don't even realise they're, they're turning off the highway. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? They yeah. don't even realise. Mm. They just get distracted and it's like, I'm I'm gone. And then before they realise it, they're thinking, hang on a sec, how did I, how did I get lost in the suburbs? Yeah, like yeah. I, one minute everything, I was rolling down the highway in life and now I'm like stuck in the backwoods somewhere. Yeah. And generally you can trace it back to a decision somewhere. And the, uh, the, Can I just say the most common one, and this is throwing no shade at anybody, <laughs> but anyone in church leadership will have seen this a hundred times. And it's, it's almost sad mm. that at the point now when someone comes to me and they say, I'm in a relationship, mm-hmm. especially if it's someone outside of our church context, which mm-hmm. I've got no problem with, but it's mm-hmm. almost like, oh, no, see you later. Yep, yep. <laughs> the amount of times that you say... What happened to that person? It's like, oh, they got a girlfriend. It's That's like, right. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we haven't seen him for six months. Yeah, and I mean the way. But like, sorry, that just what reminded me was people just disappear and don't even realize that, you know. Whereas if you can get in there early and be like, hey, just be aware that yeah, naturally this is gonna just be aware that your shoulders are starting to go from pointing towards Jesus towards pointing towards what you want, mm. and you're prepared to sacrifice every conviction you've got to pursue it. Yeah. Be aware of that. And and I think this is where getting back to the the introduction to the podcast where how do we see scripture? Do we see it as a a moralistic judge that accuses us or do we see it as a best friend that offers mm. us, offers us wisdom to build our lives well? Yeah, yeah. And I think that second image is is not only far more expedient, I think it's far more biblical. Yeah, yeah. Is sure. that, you know, wisdom is crying out to us to build well, to live well, to choose well, because our lives in general become a sum total yeah. of our decisions by and large. And so wisdom cries out saying, make good ones. Yeah, at the yeah. point of decision. That's yeah. it. And then, and, you know, it goes on and says she cries out, talking about wisdom, she cries out by the gates at the ent- entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. And uh, I look at this and what I see is points of opportunity. You know, by the gates, where you come in, where you go out, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. So to me, it's sort of at the point of opportunity where something new can come in or you can go out, you know, Mm. go out and explore kind of thing. There's opportunity here. And the fact is, you know, some things look great, but they're not for us. You know, some opportunities, like you said before, you mentioned relationships. I've seen it with jobs. Um, where it's sort of like this pays more money, this da 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 da, and someone's really settled. They've got a good life. They've got a good friendship group. They might not realise what they've got till it's gone, and then they switch a job mm. for a few more bucks, and all of a sudden life's not the same. And yeah. they wish they had their old life back. And it's like wisdom could have told you that before you made the decision. Yeah, I've seen people do it with moving cities, moving literally. Nations, yeah. Oh, we're going to go here, and because it's going to be so much better there, yeah. yeah and yeah. so many of those people, you know, six months, twelve months, two years later, 
turn up going, we, you know, that was a disaster. That didn't work out the way we thought. It was great for the first six months and then yeah. it all turned to mud. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying wisdom, you know, and, and what you were saying before about humility, the willingness to correct your path, to have your path corrected, mm. that's that's a really big thing in getting a good result. And I think you're right. It's not that there's anything wrong with those things. It's just the order of how you process this is what I want to do. Mm. So I've had it before too, especially we lived in Taipei, so international city, people coming and going. And you'd have someone in church and they'd be growing and it's like, I'm going to move to this random city in the, yeah. the back of Germany somewhere. Yeah. You're like, oh, awesome. And then they'd be like, can you recommend a good church there? And it's like. No, no, that's right. <laughs> maybe, but I don't like. I don't know, and it's like they've already made the decision without even thinking. How's my faith going to look in this context? How's my yeah. relationship? Where it's like, surely wisdom would say, if that's so important to you, that should be the first thing in your mind. Yeah, is okay. Well, if this is this opportunity is coming up, how am I going to pursue my faith? How is that going to affect the communities that I'm a part of, the people that I have around me? And look, I think we're hitting on a deeper issue there, which is what is the, the, the compass for the Christian? Hmm. I, I, I sort of assume it, and I've been surprised over the years to see people when I see people just not think this way, but um, right from the earliest days I can remember, of getting switched on to Christ, the number one question I always asked was, is God in this? Yeah. yeah. Whenever it came to a major life decision, opportunity, um, and, you know, I've got whole messages that are wrapped around hearing from God and things that were presented to even Sue and I as a young married couple that looked like the most amazing ministry opportunities. Like, we're talking good things. Yeah. But when we prayed about it, didn't feel God was in it, and then within a very short space of time, we're thanking God we said no. Yeah, yeah. When things came to light that we didn't see at first glance, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. And we had people very intentionally, you know, in trying to save their own skins, throw hospital passes to us. Yeah. That if we'd have caught them, we would have been the ones who got smashed, things mm-hmm. like that. And, and yet we just sort of walked with a bit of humility, I'm not saying we got everything perfect, but there was this sense of I need to check this out with God first before I just say yes, Yeah. before yeah. I just take another job. And, I mean, I'm talking about those mundane things. Before I just take another job, mm. before I just run off after this ministry opportunity, which seems like a really good thing yeah, to do, yeah. is God in it? I remember, you know, experienced pastors being shocked when I said no. Yeah. to offers they gave me when it was like, look, prayed about it, just don't really sense God's in it for us. So mm. thanks for the opportunity, but no. And they're like, you know, what? incredulous. Yeah. It's like, don't you realise? And yet we are. We don't regret any decision we made. We think, we look back and think, wow, God has been very gracious mm. to lead us through what can be a very rocky ocean out there, yeah, ministry-wise. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people shipwrecked. Lots of people, you know, get the bottom torn out of their boat, so to speak. And God's been so gracious. But I do think it comes back down to, you know, even though we haven't always got it totally right, our heart's always been we need to put Jesus first in this decision. Mm. And when you're prepared to do that, wisdom comes at that point of opportunity. I've often put it this way, you know, some things are God and some things are just good. And if you look at that in the English language, 
those two words look very similar. There's only one letter difference. Yeah. There's one extra zero in good, you know. Um, God versus good. Mm. Um, but the results are, um, can be miles apart. Right. Choosing simply what is good over what is actually God for you. Yeah. So without trying to complicate it, but I just think that's where it comes down to is my heart in the high place mm-hmm. in a sense. Is my heart in worship? Is my heart in surrender? Is my heart open to sacrifice if need be? Mm-hmm. Is my heart in a place of humility where I could listen and, and would be willing to be corrected? Yeah. And if you are, you're positioned really well for wisdom. Because it almost, I think it almost simplifies it. It's like, how humble are you at the moment? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> which sounds like a prideful thing to say. I'm really humble. Um, but if you're humble about it, I think that's where you actually, that's where you do really find wisdom when it's just not, I'm headstrong blazing into this, where it's, Maybe just that bit cautious. God, are you in this? Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. Um, kind of trusting because often we like we love to preach the God that opens doors, but also believing that God can close the right doors. There you go. Well, right? Yeah, there so you go. It's like God will open the door, and we're praying at this door that He's holding shut because there's something behind it that's going to hurt us. Yeah. Or, um, or we're just sprinting at all the open doors and hoping they stay open rather than saying, God, would you close the right doors as well? Yep. Um, and, and look, it, it just comes back to, you know, that whole the will of God mm. is probably the safest place you can be. Yeah. You know, finding where God wants you to be yeah. and standing there and putting roots down there and walking in that path. Yeah. That is probably the safest you're ever going to be in life. Yeah. Well, it's the whole Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? God knowing the plans he has for you, yeah. hope and a future to prosper you, not to harm you. And it's like, that's the, that's the future that I want. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I guess that's what we've tried to bring out in this podcast is that's what's offered to us, that security, that sense of God does see our lives and he is interested in us doing well and he is willing to speak to us, to show us, you know, the right way or a better way or whatever, whatever, wherever you're at, you're at with that. God is there to lead us, guide us into a broad place. And um, and really, and I love what the New Testament says when it comes to wisdom, you know, because we started here with how do I get it and is it difficult? Well, no, wisdom's screaming at you in a lot of different places, yeah. if you're really honest. I think all of us would have recognized ourselves somewhere in, in those spaces. Um, then the New Testament, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, it's not it's not a shame to not be wise. Yeah. You know, without reproach. You know, you go to God and go, God, I need wisdom. You know, God is not going to go, what? You yeah, know, you do your dumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is, you know, it, God wants us to do well. He wants to give us wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, James then says, but let him ask in faith and no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Mm. And and I think here's the key, asking, not doubting. How do you get around that? I don't think this is a faith issue in the sense of, oh, but I'm not a strong believer. I don't think what that's what he's talking about. I think what he's saying is, are you going to like what you hear? Mm. Even if you don't like what you hear. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to ask not doubting that when wisdom comes, mm. it might not always be the most comfortable path, but I'm going to trust it's the best path. Right. And, and what I find is wisdom begets wisdom. You know, the, the more you're prepared to follow wisdom, the more wisdom comes to you. Yeah. Wisdom is attracted to wisdom. And so if we are prepared to ask God, you know, without um, any sense of shame, without any sense of, Lord, I need your wisdom. I really do. And when you speak or when you show me, when I read your, your word and it comes alive and I know that you're speaking to my heart, then I'm going to respond to that. Mm. Um, then James says, you'll get it. You'll get wisdom right when you need it for what you need it for. Hi, this is Rochelle. Hey, if you liked this episode, which I'm sure you did, why don't you share it with your mom, your friends, your family? And while we're waiting for the next episode, why don't you go into your closet, clean it out and donate some items to your local op shop? Hey, thanks again for listening. And why don't you have a fantastic week?